When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Footy live in 4K Ultra HD, only on Foxtel. Book your summer service today at Berwick BMW. Rotoflex by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. The Run Home with Andy and Gazy. That's right. Don't adjust your sets. It is Andy and Gazy. Gazy and Andy for the next two hours and 25 minutes. Actually. Two hours and 21 minutes because we're off to the cricket at 2.25 this afternoon for the much-anticipated oh. uh, second test in Delhi. Cannot wait. Jerry Waitley will be joining us at some stage, hopefully with an update, some sort of inkling as to what the Australian 11 might look like. There is a load to get through. You know how it works today, Keith. You, you know how it works. Uh, of course. Uh, and anyone in the program, the station uh, here or in any state knows that today, it's at, at this time, midday madness, you call, you get on. And surely... You, look, I don't know whether anyone's going to be moved to call about this, mm. but we've just watched in the last 45 minutes, we've just seen something pretty spectacular. And that is oh, a man by not. the name of Tiger Eldrick Woods finishing his opening round at Riviera in the Genesis Open. Yeah. He's finished birdie, a birdie, a birdie, Tiger Woods, to finish the round at two under the card, freezing conditions. It was well, not freezing, but it's pretty, pretty chilly over there on the west coast of the United States. And if anything was going to test the old fella's back out, it might have been that, but... He has outdriven Rory on the last, the famous 18th at Riviera. Well, there's a little asterisk next to that because it's a it's a it's a it's oh. a hole that's more a controlled hole. It's not one you can open up the shoulders. So okay. they're did all... they both hit driver? Yeah, yeah did... but Tiger hit it further than Rory. Oh, but did he did did was Rory giving it the full his usual swing? Hang on, hang on. Was Rory no, giving it his stand. usual swing? Please. You see, you don't know anything please, about the game. Please. You don't did, know anything about the game. Did, did they both hit driver? Of course they do. And but whose they ball weren't went trying. No, just answer me this question. Whose ball went further? But they weren't trying to hit it far. Sorry, whose ball went further? They weren't trying. Just, can you answer the question, please? Tiger by Thank a you, couple of it. yards. One, three, but they weren't seven. trying to hit it, Andy. One, three, they, had a, they had a target range of about a 20-metre wide fairway of where they're trying to hit it. So why didn't they hit four irons? Because they, they weren't used, trying to hit it far. They wanted to get further. <laughs> but not as far as they normally hit. You don't know anything about the game. Any wonder you don't do any of that commentary you do One three hundred seven three six seven three six. They hit it Wouldn't fifty. The they, they both hit it fifty meters past uh, Justin Thomas because he was trying. Jay, Jay, he drive. He drive. He did, but they were, that wasn't okay. their regular <laughs> smash it swing anyway, with the anyway, driver. Anyway, I don't know why Gaze is trying to take some luster off what we've just seen. A Tiger playing his first tournament oh, since I'm the not. Open Championship of last year. Finishes birdie, birdie, birdie. It's a gl- absolutely glorious, glorious finish. To a round that, uh, you know what I think, just where you are watching it from a long way away, mm. you know what I think he liked? I think he liked being in form and playing in front of big crowds again. Yeah. It has been a while. And he's been playing in front of big crowds his whole life, but has not been playing very well uh, when he's recently teed it up. Today, <laughs> he's, be, he's played pretty well. Whenever he tees it up and there's an opportunity to purchase tickets or people to come along, it's always going to be packed. I, when so Tiger that's what plays. I just said. But the second part is what you've missed. Right. He hasn't played well in recent times no, in front of hasn't. those crowds. No, he's, there's been a lot of WDs and a of lot course. of MCs. 
Today, mm. he finishes birdie, 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 and I think he loved it. Mm. I think there was a smile and the heart was pounding, he and he loved being in that environment again. Of course Keith. he did. It was magnificent. It that is what sport, that's what we're all here together for, I reckon, what we've seen today with Tiger Woods. Whether you're a golf fan or not, when well, you know the magnitude of this man, and it's just special stuff. Anyway, there's a lot of... Dyson Heppel's uh, stood down as captain of the Essendon Footy Club. You might want to talk about him. Uh, there's the cricket today, the Jackies last night. $7 billion being committed to the 2032 Olympics to uh, improve stadia and infrastructure uh, up there in Brisbane. Tim Membries uh, had minor knee surgery. Mm. St Kilda's forward stocks. Now, none of this is overly... Well, potentially calamitous early in the season because they've got no King, no Hayes, no Ellison, and real chance now that uh, memory won't be available for the first week or two of the season. So yeah. they're hopeful that it won't be. But he's had minor, minor surgery, and they have uh, been knocked around from mm. a key forward post. We had the boy, Matt Caminetti, on uh, the other day, didn't we? The young, he might uh, get a Guernsey earlier doors. Anthony, Anthony Caminetti, he might be playing in the opening round of the season. Oh. The hammer. Opening might be a stretch, but... I guess if they all start, if they all fall over and they're all not available, then you might be right. They've got to pick someone. They do. And they, the nickname, The Hammer, mm. which is uh, interesting. Uh, the Hammer. Now, now. Because oh, he crashes through things and hits things hard, like a hammer does. Right. Yeah, that's why they call him Hammer. And Canberra, the other little bit of uh, little footy tidbit, which caught my bushy eyebrows, and people might want to ring up and mm. say whether it's, uh, you know, midday madness or not. The Brisbane Lions are trialling Cam Rayner off half-back as a third-tall intercept-type defender. Well, on what basis would that be, Andy? Well, that they think they have a need. Uh, they think that he might be able to fill that need and be a, you know, all the reasons that they would think. He played this role. Do you role. think he can contribute in that role well, more than what he was currently contributing? Well, that's, a very, that's not up to me to decide. I'd be very keen to see it play out. He did, mm. I did read in the story that he made the under-16 All-Australian team as a halfback flanker. Mm. So you might, you might want to uh, cast a comment on that or anything else you want to talk about. That's what we do here, Midday Madness. It is. You call, you get on, as Gazy said. Of, of course you do. And let's get stuck right into Why it, not? Andy. Let's go to uh, Blakey in Dor- Andy. He's in Doreen. Oh, he's very busy. <laughs> Blakey, good afternoon. It's, Bla- it's actually Blakey, not oh, Blakey. Sorry. Blakey, good afternoon. Hey, going, guys, Gazy, I've got a story for you. So Please. This involves you. So... I, I flicked uh, a little clip of you talking about Ben Simmons oh. going back to play for, for Australia. And I flicked it to a mate of mine who's a retired college basketball coach. He's in San Diego. He lives in San Diego. Okay. Yep. So, and I sent, it, I sent it to him to get his opinion. I said, Coach, what do you think? Because he's a massive Brian Gorgian fan. Loves Brian Gorgian. Loves the way he coaches. Loves the way do. he talks to his players. So anyway, are you allowed, Blackie? Are you allowed to tell who who it is? Who the American coach uh, is? No, no, no. He's retired. He's been retired for a few years. Okay, sure. Uh, he's, he coached a lot of the colleges in in Cali, California. No problem. Um, mm-hmm. But but anyway, he says to me, meant about you. He said, "Who's that bloke? He makes a lot of sense." I says, "Oh, it's a bloke by the name of Andrew Gaze," and he says, "The great Andrew Gaze." And I said, "Do you know him, Coach?" <laughs> Gaze, mate. Gun three point shooter. He goes, how many times did he play for you at the Olympics? He goes, and his dad's a Hall of Famer uh, coach. I said, yeah. He goes, yeah. He played for PJ Carlissimo at Seton Hall. So it sort of flabbergasted me. So he knew all about you. He said oh. you are the uh, 
yeah, he's always said to me he loves uh, when he used to get Australian kids over, yep. play basketball, and why he remembers you outside of the career, or the run you had at Seaton Orbit, the, the career you had at the Olympics, mm. was he said you were one of the, the forerunners of getting Australian kids to go to the college system because he said the, the great thing about Australian kids is they go over there, they're, they're so te- team orientated, they're mm. so coachable because there's no uh, airs and graces about them, they just want to go there and just contribute to, to the team. So I, I just thought I'd share that with him. As I said, he floored me because he's been mainly in the college system, but all after all these years, right. Gazy, he still remembers you. That... Right, right, Blackie. Right, I appreciate that, Blake. Hey, Blackie, uh, you've won a $50 Le Cabra voucher. <laughs> you are shameless. No. Shameless. You, every day you give it to the first caller, and Blackie's the first caller, and he made some very good comp, uh, comments as well. It's a $50 voucher at the Le Cabra, and it's the goat of Melbourne Mexican food, Le Cabra. It's coming your way, Blackie. You made some very good comments here about how good you were. <laughs> oh, that's extraordinary. No, what an extraordinary start to midday madness. It's about Ben Simmons. It wasn't about Ben Simmons at all. Blackie was talking about how great you were and how there's some retired college coach in America who remembers you. Had nothing to do with Ben Simmons. And you've said he's had made some good mm. comments and he's picked up a prize. Well, let's see if we can follow it up with Andrew and Indri. <laughs> okay. Andrew? Good afternoon to you. Oh. Good afternoon to you, to you lot too. And for that easy to get a prize, I should have a thousand by now. But anyway, uh, uh, but I just want to thank uh, uh, Heppel, uh, Dyson Heppel, for his services yesterday, captain over these last uh, well six years or so. It's been a very difficult period, for, as everybody knows, for the Essendon Footy Club. Um, and he's done the right thing by stepping down because we are a rebirthing the club and. Um, and it'll be good to go into the season with a new captain, whoever they may be. Mm. Um, yeah, so hopefully, hopefully he, he can get a game. We'll be in our top 22. Um, by all reports, his uh, pre-season form's been very good. So but it's mm. going to be very competitive in this premiership side of 2023 for us. Thank so. you, Andrew. You're right. <laughs> hey, who that do you think will be the captain, premiership. Andrew? Sorry? Who do you think will be the captain? Oh, oh well, this is a good question. Oh, look, I... Oh, I think they'll go the safe bet and they'll go Merritt. And I reckon that um, that, that Redmond will be mm. vice captain. Yeah, no, it's a that's a that's a reasonable um, that's a reasonable suspicion, I reckon. So, and you make a very good point about Dyson Heppel. Really difficult time he came into the footy club. Club was in a state of uh, healing, and and it, and you know you could argue that they're still going through it to some degree, even though they, you know, probably should be through it by now. But. Um, He's he's been a hard on sleeve, wholehearted, committed, playing whatever position the team wants me to play and do whatever job the team wants me to do, uh, kind of way. And I think you make some really good calls. I think he's been uh, the fact that team success eluded Essendon through that period is probably going to shape the way you remember Dyson Heppel as a captain in the long run. But given the circumstances that he ascended to that position in and what the footy club had been through and was coming out of. I think, it's, I think Andrew makes some good points about mm. the role that Heppel's filled. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 367 I'd say in that role, what he's done off-field as well as on-field, no the doubt. way he's presented and represented his club, I think has been exceptional. Couldn't agree with you more. Thank you. Dom's in, but you're having a good start to the show. Appreciate You've it. You've had a very good start to the show. Solid. You got me off on the wrong foot, but How's I've that? been out of bounce oh, back. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, that's right. We'll go back over there again. <laughs> uh, Dom's in Burwood. Good afternoon to you, Dominic. 
Yeah, g'day, Andy. A couple of golf point, golf things. Uh, just watched the first round of the um, Genesis. Tigers finished birdie 16, birdie 17, birdie 18, and finished two under, which was so good. Unbelievable. Yeah. His, drive, his ball speed's 177 kilometres an hour. He's up with McElroy. He was so good. And a couple of quick golf things. Now that the Tour have got all the players playing in these big events, it, it is so good to watch. And the live golf will die because it's not on YouTube. It's on some streaming service no one's ever heard of. And just on um, Full Swing, the doco, yeah. I, I won't give too much. I watched about six episodes. It is so good. The thing that picked Scheffler, um, Fitzpatrick and Thomas, who all won majors, the Brooks Kepka one is really good because you get an insight into someone that was at the top of their game and's really struggling. Mm. A lot of it's raw. Tony Finau comes out as a really terrific bloke. But Andy, they're great docos, and I'd lo- I reckon they do more to grow the sport than a lot of other things. And I reckon if if Woody was able to do something like that, it'd be great because you mm. just get to know the person. You know what they feel, mm. what they go through, and and the other thing, um, Andy. The bloody workouts these guys. Oh, I know. It's phenomenal. It's phenom- They're not just hitting golf balls anymore, Dom. No, the gym mm. sessions are gruelling, um, and it's an essential and integral part mm. of what they all do. You know, it's a funny thing with this mm. stuff. Is there something you want to say about that? No, I'm just going to say that, Dom, uh, Andy actually previewed the, the series yesterday. And um, Re- reviewed it really because well, it was a preview because you haven't seen it. Seen the first three apps. I talked about him yesterday when on the review. Well, it was a review of the first three, and there's still a lot more to come. That's so right. it's yes. sort of a preview review type thing. Sure. No. No. Keep going. Uh, okay. No. No. What I was about to say <laughs> is that, uh, and I, uh, is that uh, with these uh, documentaries, and you mentioned that well, this would be great for the AFL, and and I actually agree. But here's the thing: we've seen it with the Formula One. And we've now seen it with the golf. And tennis has had a, a, a dip in it as well. And the tennis one, not getting the same type of the reviews. And I think, though, AFL, I don't think they'd do it because they wouldn't give you the access like these you seem to get with a lot of these other sports. What we're seeing with the F1, uh, with Drive to Survive, which I think is the Rolls-Royce Correct. In, in this genre, uh, is superb because you see it warts and all. You pre- that, it seems like they're prepared to cop some unsavoury narratives around certain issues because, in fact, that is actually what's happening. I think that the AFL would be that cautious and sanitised that you may not get the full guts of it like you do with some of these other ones. The cricket one was very good as well, Andy, with what the Australian cricket team. Again, I couldn't agree with you more. And and what happens when – so so it it looks like it's been done – Almost by the same people who did Drive to Survive. Well, the tennis one was. Okay, well, I imagine this might be the same. I don't know who the producer are. But it's it's certainly Netflix have Mm. done it. So Netflix go to the golfers and they say, listen, this is what the plan is. Mm. Who's in? Can we follow around? What sort of – Having, I reckon most of those blokes have probably seen the F1. Certainly Matt Fitzpatrick yep. admits that he's got a late tea time one game, which is great, so he can see the F1 in the morning yep. before he goes and plays in the final round of the US Open that he actually wins. Yes. Oh, this is great that I've got a late tea time. I can watch the F1. So presumably, presumably some of these goals have seen the drive mm-hmm. to survive. So they know what the product is, mm-hmm. as you've just described it. The minute they sign up to do it, mm-hmm. there is an expectation yep. that I will give as much as the Formula Correct. One blokes did. Mm. I don't want to do a product. I don't want to be part of a product mm. that people are going to say, boring, dull, didn't work. They've got a bit of 
there's a bit of pride in ego. A little bit. We want to be part of something that's good as well. Mm. So I don't think it's through the first four eps or five that I've seen. It's not as warts and all. It's not as rip the band aid off as the Formula One mm-hmm. stuff is. But it's but it's good. I reckon it's been, really good. It's probably and I haven't seen a minute of it, Andy, and you have. But I would think that also the fact that they've had to deal with this whole live thing adds to the interest. It's no doubt about that. If it's live's great, not there, yeah, yeah, yeah. then I'd still be. I don't know. Like I said, I haven't seen it, but I imagine that that plays a big part of it. So Sammy Edmund, same production squad box. They're called box to box. So uh, hey Andy, what about this? Breaking news here on Midday Madness. Well, it's only breaking because it's coming through on. No, it's on our screen, Keith. Oh, I haven't seen that. That's the same thing. I'm going off the temper text. Well, don't do that. And it's exactly right. James Sicily is now the new Hawthorne captain. One three hundred seven three six seven three. Great surprise. No surprise, but reactions are plenty, I'm sure. Uh, what do you think? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We'll get back to your calls after uh, after five or ten minutes. We're going to get a break out of the way here. We're for Berry BMW, uh, Blunston and Foxtel. Uh, gee, or Gareth Hall's See, they're saying this, this is where people get a little confused. Like they're, 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 Everyone's going, well, the AFL have done this documentary series. Yeah, I no, don't no. think – that's not the same. No, no. I don't put that in – that is not the same as Correct. what this is. Don't get offended. I... I'm not getting offended. They're not, they're not being rude about it. They're just yeah. commenting that, 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 well, this has already been done. But that's it's a different way of doing it, I think. Now, what is the difference? They've both got cameras and you're filming them. But I don't know. It just seems different. No, there's the a different of... expectation when, it's, when you are the next cab off the rank. Correct. And it's being produced by a company that's got runs on the board and an expectation of a product. Mm. And if you're not going to meet those expectations, then it'll this it'll, it'll reflect on them, but yeah. it'll reflect on you. Mm. It will reflect on you. So mm. you don't want to be that person. Uh, sad day in the world of racing last night. Dean Lester passed away. Uh, he has had a battle right throughout his uh, his life with his health. Um, he passed away last night. Gareth Hall is going to join us to talk about the legacy left behind. On the other side of this, it's 21 past 12. 26 past 12. We're in for Duano. We'll take you through to 2.25. Hand it over to the team. Gerald Waitley will join us a bit later on to preview day one, second test, Dally. Um, but stepping aside from that for a couple of minutes, it's a heavy heart that everybody in the world of thoroughbred racing in Australia carries with them today. Uh, Dean Lester has been an integral part of that community for such a long time. Respected. And Gareth Hall from SEN Track joins us on a, on a really sad day. Loved, not just respected, but loved by so many. You worked with him for so long at RSN, and you've known him for such a long time. It's um, it's an incredibly sad day. Yeah, hello to you, Andy and Gazy. It it's a really sad day. Dino was a man that I think the impact that he's had on the sport of thoroughbred racing is seen on social media. Like, he is <laughs> trending as the number one um person on Twitter in Australia at the moment, Dean Lester. And he was loved by everybody from the punters who ever, like punters would, um, um, they, they, they hadn't ever met Dino, but they would feel like that they were best mates because <laughs> they would listen to him religiously on a Saturday and a Friday morning, getting his tips. And, um, it was just a good human being. He always wanted to make other people around him better. Um, a lot of the trainers and the jockeys and industry administrators used to call on Dino for advice. And, um, no, he was just a terrific human being and he's going to be, his legacy will live on, but he's going to be sadly missed. Had a uh, tough life, Keith. Uh, uh, that's what yeah. I was about to say. I, I wasn't aware of the challenges yeah. that he faced. Uh, 
he was a brave man as well, despite what he's been yeah. able to do in racing. Just the, the 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 human side of thing, the battles that he had to face were extraordinary. Well, I've worked with Dean Lester for nearly close to a decade, and I've never met him. I've never shook his wow. hand. Wow! What? No, never met him. And really? When I was at RSN, and I used to do the Saturday mornings with him, um, and everyone thought we were great mates, but I actually had never met. Dean Lester. Oh, and wow. Our dream was with Hamish McLaughlin because Hamish McLaughlin, he doesn't mind a punt from time to time. And Dino gave him a big multi and um, Hamish named his tennis court um, at the <laughs> Dean Lester end. And we always said, well, when you get over your health battles, Dino, we'll go and have a scotch and, and enjoy a drink there. But I never met Dino and I did an interview, like a This Is Your Life interview with him. And he told us the story um, because he had spinal bifida when he was yep. diagnosed in his teenage years and that affected other parts of his organs. So his kidneys failed. So he was on dialysis. Um, so he had to have that three days a week. And so um, not many people knew that, but he had an infection in his leg during COVID or just before COVID. So he sat and lied on his bed for 16 months straight and never left his room, but was still able to do the form and um, come across like, there was nothing wrong. Oh, you would never have known. No. You would that, never have known. And that's the sign of a man full of courage uh, uh, with a massive heart that he would, never, he would never let anyone else know that he was facing those problems. Why was he so good at spotting horse talent? What, yeah. was, it, what was it about his eyes? Know, Sammy Island made a really good point with me this morning on Giddy Up is that he was the only real form analyst that could talk like a jockey and watch a race and then a jockey would ring him and go, oh, geez, that horse was hanging out a little bit. He, I think he just had a gift, um, but he was a clocker at Cranbourne when he first started off his career. Oh, right, okay. so, and his mum, and he was always around horses in a way. And because he lived and breathed the game and he, and he followed um, as he went to Cranbourne, so he was clocking horses. His best mate was Robbie Griffiths, so he was around horses. And he built up such great association and relationships with participants so he, and it wasn't just horse racing, he had a love for harness racing and his mother trained greyhound racing, so, yeah, uh, yeah. greyhound Sandra. So um, it was part of who he was and um, it was amazing really how many people would call on Dino from jockeys, from trainers to racing administrators to, to pick his brain and to get his help. So. He sort of had this sense for, for me as a listener and he was always, we had him on our show a couple yeah. of times over the years just to talk about, you know, whatever the story of the day was. He's always generous with his time, even if he might've worked yeah. at a rival network like the one that you used to work at. Um, he was a lot bit like a horse whisperer. He, he sort of had yeah. everybody in the industry was prepared to and wanted to tap into his eye and the way that he saw you know horse flesh or a race or a track or whatever it might have been everyone used to call on dean lester whether it be lloyd williams or jerry ryan was really close to him as his racing manager all the big jocks and he was um he was the man that inspired jai mcneil in that melbourne cup when he said to jai yeah, I think you can win this race with his, the Irish Galloper, but you might have to go out and lead. Um, and if you do that, kid, that you'll have to be brave at some point. And you'll have to be brave at the 1,000-metre mark because you've got to outstay these horses, use that Irish, that Irish horse's talent. I mean, he goes, not too many jockeys will be able to do it, but I believe in you and you can do it. And, um, yeah, and Jai, Jai McNeil, he tells that story, how he That's had that crazy. conversation with Dino. Dino told him to be brave that day. And that won him the Melbourne Cup. It was one of the great Melbourne Cup rides of all time. Yeah, yeah. So he's had so much influence on everybody involved in the game. 
Um, yeah, he's, and he'll be missed. And uh, he recently diagnosed with cancer, and ultimately yeah. that was the cause, uh, I guess, of his death. Yeah. But as an indication of the love that everyone seemed to have for him, they, when he was diagnosed, and it was only recently, yeah. uh, over close to 300000 bucks yeah. on a GoFundMe yeah. page to, to help him. It's one in an industry where it's, in sport in general, highly, highly competitive. But and I didn't, I didn't know him other than chatting to him every yeah. now and again yeah. on the wireless, like yourself. But it seemed like he was able to be friendly and yeah. did it with a joy, yeah. as opposed to necessarily getting attention by the bravado. Look at me! Yeah. Uh, I can do all. The, look at all the great things that I've done, which is a a wonderful characteristic. He was a very humble man, and he let his tipping do, do the, the talking. talking. Which is rare these days. Um, but, yeah, he needed some money because he, he faced a lot of health battles. And um, so we're having a, a day for him next Friday and you can still donate for his family for the GoFundMe page. And as Hamish McLaughlin, who's been instrumental along with Mark Hunter in organising this, all he said is he's wanted to pay off his house so, so his mum would be all right. Okay. So yep. um, you've got Jerry Ryan, Ricky Ponting, um, Jai McNeil, Bruce McAvaney, Hamish, Gil McLaughlin, they're all speaking at this event next week and they had 40 tables. Jason Richardson was behind it. They had 40 tables um, and they sold within um, a couple of hours. So, You know, you've been part of this industry for a long time and people think horse racing, the punt, cutthroat, when the horse is no good, what happens to yeah. it. There's all this stuff. It's a brutal, ruthless, cold-blooded industry. That's the way some people... But it's at times like this where you realise, and, and those who have been on the edge of it know this to be the truth, that the racing industry and the community who live it have got such a yeah. big heart. And Dino loved horses more than anyone. Mm. And he would he would love to punt them and he would love to um, tip them, but he loved the animal. And yeah. he would um, look after horses and his mother had horses. So, um, yeah, he was, he was a man that he was a once-in-a-lifetime um, individual that you really can't explain the influence that he will have on this game because his legacy will live on. I remember one story. Yep. Now we're going to go. When I first started off in Perth, I had um, I was doing the breakfast show there, and I had all these big WA guests, and Dino was part of the show as um, tipping for the um, for his tips. And I took a photo and I put it on the social media, saying, oh, "How good's this show? We're ready to go." Anyway, I accidentally didn't realise I did it. I had Dean Lester's number on there on the run sheet and mm. it was his home number that only the radio stations had. And I only had little followers, but <laughs> people got hold of Dean Lester's number and Simon Miller <laughs> rang me when I was at the gym and said, Gareth, I don't know what you've done to Dean Lester, but he is furious. And I said, I've only given his subscription number out, 1-800-858-858. I still remember it. And he goes, Matt, I've had people ring me saying, Dino, why didn't you put this horse in? I love you, Dino. Um, um, who do you like in the next? And I thought, oh, no. It's the number that every punter would love to have. I've given it out. But it took him a couple of months to forgive me, but he did. Mate, <laughs> our thoughts are with family and friends, and I know you'll be feeling it uh, profoundly today. Thanks for coming down for a Good chat. You guys. Thanks, Andy. Gareth Hall for an upstairs SEN track and a great friend of uh, Dean Lester. Sadie's out for Ace Gutters, Australian mate, built to last. Huge news in the world of footy. Uh, one of the most, one of the, one of the most de- decent human beings who've ever been through the VFL AFL system mm-hmm. is making a, uh, a, a an earth shattering return to the coaching ranks after his career with the Fremantle uh, Dockers back in 1999 to 2001. Yes. After a, uh, a storied playing career at the Pussycats, Damien Drum is returning to the coaching ranks. And he's been good enough to join us on the show to tell us all about it. Drummy, thanks for your time. 
No worries. Good to, good to talk to you, Andy. Uh, I thought you might have had enough of this coaching caper. What, what are you doing? Well, I'm dipping the toe back in the water in a very small way. And it's a, it's an interleague game. Uh, Golden Valley League will play the Ovens of Murray League. Um, and it's about round seven of the, of the season fixture. So effectively, we'll go full belt for about six or seven, eight weeks. Uh, hopefully give the boys a positive experience and we'll see where the game goes after that. Beautiful. Hey, Damien, Andrew Gaze here and, and well done. I love it when you see right such on. experienced people who've got a wealth of knowledge uh, putting back uh, into the game. Is this something that, now, like Andy mentioned, you've been away from a long time, but have you have you been a, a follower of it? Do you still involved in just as even as a spectator? Yeah, just a rabbit fan, I suppose is the best way you would call it. Uh, and, you know, it's one of those things that uh, I don't think you ever stop mm. uh, loving the game and looking at it critically and, uh, and uh, you know, being an absolute uh, a fan of not just the game but everything about the game. But uh, as you say, I would not have done this if I didn't have the opportunity to co-coach with John Lamont. So one of the best yeah, – when I, I played a season of football with John going way, way, way back at the end of my career at Werribee. John's gone on and had an amazing career, still still uh, coaching at a really high level. Um, so the realisation that you're out of the game for 20 years, the game changes, the structures change, uh, the setup behind the ball, around the contest, all that stuff changes, and I am a long way away from that. <laughs> um, so, so, But the, the ability to do it together uh, lets us uh, combine our strengths and we'll see where that goes. Hey, Damien, it's a, it's a really interesting point you just made there about the changing nature of the game. And to your to your kind of gut feel or or beyond, we see the stuff get done at the highest level, the AFL, and then at the lower levels, there's a copycat approach. And you know, footy teams in the bush and in the burbs want to copy and mimic. Is it asking too much of, of two times a week trainers uh, to turn up and try and do? And is it asking too much from the coaches to expect these guys to do what they see get done at at, at the ultimate level? Yeah, I think it does. And, and I, I suppose we have to be somewhat careful that the changes that we make at the highest level or the changes that the AFL make at the highest level, they are going to want to be uh, mimicked and they are going to want to be copied. And, and is it possible for somebody training twice a week to be able to uh, execute that type of game. So you look at the high possession game that has sort of crept into the game recently, you know, um, continually passing the ball even once you're inside 50 to increase your opportunities to score a goal. You know, that's something that never happened 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, but, you, but you do need to have a very high level of, uh, of skill and foot disposal to be able to play that game. Um, so just because you see it happen on TV on Friday night, you can actually <laughs> execute that type of game on Saturday Arvo. Uh, Damien, when you, it's been a long time since you were at Fremantle, and in that passage of time, you've been able to accomplish a lot and do a whole a lot of other different things. But when you reflect back on your time as a coach with Fremantle, what are those memories like? Are they are they good ones? Well, Frio was Frio was tough um, mm. because you know we were a, we were a lesser team at the time, trying to bring you know guys like Hazelby and Pavlich and Lee Brown and Justin Longmuir you know were our four big early draft picks that we brought into the club, mm. trying to rebuild. That was always going to be tough, 
Um, but I, I loved every minute of it. And when you sign up for those types of jobs, you understand really clearly that if you don't have success, um, then it's not going to work out for you. Mm. You understand that. And you, that's all part of the deal when you, um, when you take on board a, a senior coaching role. So when it didn't work out, you've got no one to blame except yourself. Uh, and therefore, you just simply move on. Um, and, uh, you know, I was, I'm really happy with the way uh, I've moved away from footy, uh, did something totally different, uh, and that's been really fulfilling, uh, although it's been quite demanding. Um, but looking back, uh, I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones. Um, well, I think I'm the luckiest ever. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I've been able to be a, uh, an AFL senior coach, uh, as well as the five years in Sydney as an assistant coach to Ron Barassi and Rocket Eid. Like that's an enormous that's an enormous positive in my life as well. Those five years there, um, and then um, and then to move into the state parliament and then into federal parliament, uh, that that was something that I really cherish. Now looking back, I was able to achieve what I did. It's a fantastic answer, and and in in the middle of that answer, you said, oh, oh, you, 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 you success is going to be the driver, mm. and if it doesn't work out, you simply move on." And you did have something to move on to, but moving out of the coaching ranks in a league like the AFL where there is so much focus when you're in the job, is it easy to simply move on? Uh, no, it's not easy. And um, the, the, the fact is um, I decided to move away, Andy, and have a crack at politics primarily because I knew the opportunity for unsuccessful coaches that get sacked the opportunity for them to get another crack at a senior job is very, very scarce. Mm. And I said, I'm probably looking at, at the very best scenario, uh, you know, in the early 2000s when I get the sack, I'm looking at another 10 years back in the system as an assistant, maybe moving my family to two or three different cities around Australia before, if I'm lucky, I might get a second crack at being a senior coach. Now, am I prepared? I remember that thought process really clearly. Yeah, to be right. honest, I'm looking at a minimum of 10 years back in the system before if I'm lucky, get another job. Or do you want to cut and, cut and run and have a go at something totally different, uh, which, of course, was the political field, and I decided to have a crack at the politics. And just on that, because uh, we live in interesting times and we see how divisive the world has become, how divisive in certain parts of this country has become, as someone who's been in there and in the inner sanctum and the political workings of this great country of ours, uh, if, and for someone like me, Andy knows a lot more than I do about that caper, but for someone like me, what do you make of the system that we have of representation and government? Is this something that you think that you can tell me that, say, hey, big fella, Everything's under control. It looks a little awkward, but everything's under. Can you can you reassure me and our listeners that we're in good hands? Uh, well, we're a hell of a lot better off than this other great country that we talk about often, which dishes up Trump and Biden. Mm. Yes. So I, I sometimes look at that great country and go, "Wow, how does someone like the USA dish up that type of mm. leadership as as an option?" So for us. You know, we have no storming of the parliament. We have no violence associated with, you know, the handover of one government to another government. Um, we accept it and we move on. We might not like the other mob. We might not like the current mob. Um, however, we understand that it's not permanent. 
um, everyone's in that parliament for the right reason. Uh, some of them probably might elevate their own interests uh, in a personal ego style way. Um, others have a different way of bringing about the best that they think for this great country. But just because you've got a different opinion as to how you could govern, doesn't mean you're right or you're wrong. You've just got, a different, you've just got an opinion. Mm. Uh, and this is a great Rumbarassi sort of uh, psychic coming through. And that is, you know, it's great to have opinions. Uh, it doesn't make you right or wrong. It just means you've got an opinion. And um, so I think um, Australians accept that. And sometimes when they go to, you know, they look at our leadership and they uh, are a little bit disappointed, that's fine. But ultimately, both, at, you know, even at local government level, state government level and federal level, you get the opportunity every every couple of years to vote people in and yes. vote them out. Uh, it's not bad, really. No, it is the ultimate uh, reality, Drummy. Hey, uh, that went sideways. We, it was, it's all fascinating. It's such an interesting life you've lived mm. and uh, you continue to give back, mate. Those, those footballers uh, up there on the Murray are going to be uh, lucky to have you, mate, in the middle of the year, particularly alongside John Lamont. Good luck. Hopefully you enjoy it. Thanks for coming on for a quick chat. and We'll, um, we'll keep an eye on it when it all comes to pass. Well done, fellas. Thanks for the opportunity. Good on and, you, mate. Uh, and go to the Golden Valley. Yes, <laughs> Thanks, Damien. Damien Drum joining, and it's, uh, joining us at seven minutes to one. <laughs> Midday Madness. We've, geez, we've had a busy show, so unfortunately, Pipe will be most disappointed with us. No, we'll come back. We haven't had nearly enough time to talk to you lot. one 736 Anything you want to put on the agenda, you know what they say. You call, you get on. Thank it's you a guarantee the pipe makes, and we want to support that in any way we can. Unless we've got to speak to somebody, in which case we'll speak to them, and then we'll get back to you. Dave Eustace, not too far away from joining us. Big day tomorrow, of course, at uh, Flemington and up there at Ramwick. I think they're racing some amazing card of racing here in Melbourne. Uh, but, of course, the All-Star Mile, not too far away. That's coming up. A lot to look forward to. A quiz too, later on as well. Have we got a little shortened uh, little Lumo is. quiz coming it up is. as well? That's it's interesting. Uh, yeah. a quiz. So the big footy news. Sponsored. The big footy news today is that Dyson Apple stood down as captain of the Essendon Footy Club. Yes or no? Uh, who should be next? Uh, but probably trumping that uh, is the fact that the Hawthorne Footy Club has appointed uh, its next captain, and that being James Sicily. You're a great Hawthorne man, Keith. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you've got a view on any of that, anything else you want to put on the agenda. Just feel free to do so. Uh, your thoughts on James Sicily as the next Hawthorne captain? Well, I think it's pretty obvious. He did a bit of it last right. season. And um, I don't think there's no great surprise in this announcement. And I think it's, it's solid. I think any time you have a player that's shown to wear his heart in his sleeve and every now and again let the emotions get the better of him, mm. uh, people automatically assume, well, that's a... That's a, a cross against someone in, in, in their ability to no, be captain. Sir. I don't buy into that. I, I think that it, it can help. And really, with all the captains, it's only those internally, only those that are there on a daily basis are totally qualified to make these decisions. Because you can have these uber elite players that are doing everything, but around the group, they say, well, we'll find him a leadership role, but he is not the right bloke to be captain. Okay, so what does it say? What does it say? It does, mm. Or does it say anything mm. about the fact that James Sicily has ascended to the captaincy at Hawthorne and Toby Green is the sole captain well, at the Greater Western Sydney Johns? Isn't there? Does it say anything about our ability not to put a line through blokes, not to pigeonhole, well, not to say just because you're a bit volatile, mm. you, you, you're a good player and we're going to pick you, mm. but you're never ever going to be captain of our footy club? What mm. is it? Because once upon a time, 
there would have been a black line through mm. the names of people like Green and Sicily from a captaincy perspective. No, that's true. But I, I think what it does, it reinforces what we just said. Uh, only when you're only when you're internal, and when you're a, a part of a big group, the players have a say, and they they don't usually get it wrong, Andy, because they they're there in day in day out, mm. and they understand what a certain individual is providing to the rest of the group. So I uh, I. I think we sometimes get caught up with some of the issues that you might see externally as opposed to how they're dealt with internally. I agree with you, Keith. I think you're you're a bit wobbly before we came on air and you weren't strong in the first four or five minutes of the show. But, gee whiz, since then, you've no. really found your line and length and you are making a lot of sense. So hopefully people out there are listening to you. Well, hopefully Ben Simmons is listening to you too as well after Blackie got us on the line early and... Mm. Coaches of college teams in America are listening to what you've had to say about Ben Simmons. Hopefully, well, uh, hopefully Ben's had a listen. I think there is zero chance of Ben Simmons hearing. Do you honestly that think? Do you honestly say. think that's true? I honestly do. Yep he he would have he. I think his engagement in social media, given what he has to deal with on a daily basis, it would be next to zero. Do and you, plus, I don't have a relationship with. No, ben. I understand that, but do you think somebody in his sphere mm. will nah. keep? No, nah? I think. What he's dealing with over there, and what when we're talking about a national team, talking about a country which he loves dearly, and he absolutely is an Australian, but he would have uh, enough going on and enough feedback being provided over there from on a daily basis from high-profile media personalities and shows. But that's what I'm saying. Maybe he needs pales to into hear, insignificance. What but we're maybe saying. he needs to hear it from outside that mm. US bubble where they're all hot tape merchants and, and they're and, all trying to one-up one another with who can get the biggest amount of cut through. And when it comes from an legend mm, like you, who is a no, you know, a friend of his father, a teammate of his father, for goodness sake. Well, well the thing very is, good friends is I get criticised a lot because of the support that I are going out there and, and supporting Ben Simmons because I think he's a super talent and I think he, he it would be great to have him in a, an Australian uh, jersey. Here's the thing. After the comments and our team here, the social media team, releasing uh, some that grab of what I did, did you – a lot of people, overwhelmingly, uh, the feedback is saying he's not good enough. We oh, don't need him. Oh, wouldn't even get a game in the Oh, no, that's, I did read some of those. So – and that's – Andy, that was the majority, I mm, think. Well, uh, maybe it's changed since I last saw it, but a lot of people uh, have now at the stage. Well, no, nah, we don't want anything to do with him. Which Mike's, is which is sad and a bit silly, really. Yeah. Mike's in Geelong. Good afternoon to you, mate. G'day, boys. Good to always hear you on the radio this time. Well, thank you, a, Mike. Uh, Can I just say it's a joy to have you on the radio as well. Thanks, boys. I think you've pumped up the tyres too much there, mate. <laughs> Boys, I just wanted to touch base with about the Hawthorne captaincy and um, basically the five captains. And I'm just wondering whether you've ever seen two rookies that have come up to a vice captaincy role like Moore and Bruce. So I haven't seen the entire. I have not on I've not seen the entire leadership group. So uh, you might have it there in front of us, in front of you, Mike. Who, who is who does round out the Hawthorne leadership group? Uh, so it's Moore and Bruce for the vice. Yep. And I think, sorry, I haven't got it in front of me, but I know it's Mitch Lewis. I think Sam Frost is another one that. Um, I don't mind that. There as well, and there's a third in the in the six man group, and I'm not sure if I've just I've missed that, but I was just really, yeah, it was really good to see that, like you were saying before, it's 
it doesn't matter where you come from, like Sicily, and you see it with Bruce and Morse, you know, both rookies that have come up into a, a big leadership role. So, so here yeah, it is, here it is here, mate. We've got it. So, as you said, Bruce and Dylan Moore are the vice captains. Sam Frost, Jarman, Impey, and Mitch Lewis are round out the six man leadership group. So, there is a nice blend there. It's going to be known as. What Bruce, you're talking about? Yeah, Mordich. We're not a rookie. What, no, not, no. What are you talking um, there's a nice round. There's Bruce is a veteran. Moore's a young oh, yeah, kid. Yes, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I thought you. Were, sorry, I didn't. I thought you might have said something that you weren't aware of. But no, no mate, sir. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, the leadership is going to have a name, Keith. It's going to be named known as Mordich Kuda, M double O R D I T J Kuda K U D A. Two words, which translates to as solid or excellent. Um, oh, I like and it. so that's that's the mortgage and Cuda brothers or mates. Mm. So strong mates, mm. strong brothers. Mm. That is the that is the name of the Hawthorne leadership group. I like the fact oh, that I Frost like has uh, has made his way in there. You've I've spoken to you on a number of occasions that uh, I think he's a fine fine player, and the way he goes about it there, where he's got plays on that edge the whole time, and just you see them getting around him and. I think that's a uh, wonderful selection. He's a he's a credit to himself because he was a bit of a bull in a china gate there for a while in the early part of his career, where clearly the athleticism and the natural raw talent was obvious for all to see, and uh, but it was a bit it was a bit un, unchecked and a bit untapped. But but he's moderated that mm. uh, over the last couple of years, and he sort of seems seems to play within the lines a a bit more, but still got all of that extreme athleticism about him. Well, it's, a credit, he, it's a credit that he's worked his way into this position. And I don't know a lot about the caper, Randy, but... The, you know enough, Shags. Don't talk yourself well, down. Well, here's the thing. Everyone said, well, you, you just hold your breath when he gets the ball. Now, now I've, certainly in his time with Hawthorne, yeah, there's been some errors here or there, but not to the point no. where that should be labelled on him right now to say that he's a liability, makes poor decisions. And I think... I have not seen any extended evidence of that no, he's throughout the time uh, that he's been there. So uh, that might be a legacy from his days when he was at uh, Melbourne, perhaps. But oh, I, I think it's uh, he's, he does a, a fine job. I think he's tidied that up uh, enormously. And it's another strong observation from you. You are in very good form. Uh, Cell's in Margaret River. Welcome to the program, Cell. You call, you get on, by the way. Good on you, fellas. Thanks for taking me call. Thanks, Sal. No, thanks for making it couple of quick things. Firstly, uh, that Sicily and Green appointment, we've got to be careful as um, as uh, just in society and normal that we pigeonhole people early in their in their lives. As time goes on, they mature, they they get more aware of their surroundings, and yep. they and they become better people, mate. And uh, good point. You know, good, these guys these guys have worked hard, and you, we know that to 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 get to the level that they're at. You know, it's it's there's a lot of hard work in there, and congratulations to them. Good on them, you know. Totally agree, Sal. Well done, Sal. That's an excellent point you make. No, it's and, uh, Secondly, yep. um, I'm actually never been to the G before in my life, and I'm going for the first round uh, this year. And uh, I'm just wondering, um, is there anything else, or or anything else I should be doing in Melbourne uh, while I'm there for uh, the the weekend? Because ah. it's a great opening round, mate. Great opening round. Well, Sal, you've come to the right place. Mm-hmm. It, make sure you keep your ear on the wireless for the next uh, up until the one thirty news. So uh, for the next fifteen minutes, Sell's coming over from Margaret River to yep. the MCG for the opening round of the footy for the first time mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. He's going to be here for the whole weekend. Yep. So he's going to be going to the footy. 
what else should we be telling Sel to do mm. uh, to enjoy and round out his weekend in Melbourne? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Send through your 40 Winks temper texts. Uh, if you've got things that Sel needs to put on his bucket list or his hit right. list while he's here, um, I can only imagine what well, our audience the, will uh, tell him, but uh, the- Lassie Cocktail. What what what's the uh, go up the where we did the show from last year was that the real what, what, what was that the Rialto Towers oh, just to have 80, a look eighty floor yeah that's yeah, going very nice sunset cocktail up there very nice very nice where your classic chinos go uh... classic chinos <laughs> enjoy yourself up there it'd be very very nice no let us know let Sal know he's going to listen through to one thirty he's got his notebook at the ready. What should Sal do to round out his weekend? Go down Ligon Street. Is Ligon Street? I've been down there for a while to get to a bit of the uh, Italian flavour. Bowl of pasta. Mm. Of course, mate. Go down. Uh, go down. Well, there's all sorts of places we can send him. Mm. Uh, so let him know. Let him know where he should go. Keep your eye on the 40 Wings temperature. Okay. Billy's in Berwick before you get to the break. Fire away, William. Raider and Gazy. Billy. G'day, boys. How you going? Going magnificently. Oh, my God. Good to hear. Right, just quickly, I want to touch on the sport TV shows, the documentaries that ah, we've yes. been speaking about earlier today. Yes, please. Um, yes. There's one to me, the Formula One one was fantastic. What's an all, that, there's one in all my time that I've had to sit through and watch pretty much every episode with, with toothpicks in the eyelids, boys, was Sunderland Till I Die. It's great. It's unbelievable. It was, it, was a, it was a warts and all show. Mm. And... I think Gabe touched on it about the Aussie rules, boys. Uh, you know what? I think we are too precious. Mm. You know, and th- this Sunderland till I die, I know they were a second division side at the time or first division, but that inside yep. information was, it was riveting viewing. Really good. You'd couldn't love ag- to hear it. Couldn't agree with you more, Billy. It was magnificent. And, and that's why I think as a uh, population, we love reality television. Now, some of it, I don't know how much of it actually is reality, but when you're getting down there like the massive show, Married at First Sight, that we're seeing now that's... Are you really ratings. comparing, you're really comparing that it. to the shows no, we're talking I'm about? I'm just talking about the, the human instinct. Instinct. When you're out there and you get to see <laughs> something... Wow. If, if people could just see the look of disdain. Oh, my God. I have, by brought, the way, we're I, talking about high-quality sports documentaries. No, but... And you've brought maths see, into the equation. I'm bringing it you've into... You've had an up and down day. No. <laughs> you've been, you've been up and down today. It's about the psyche of us as an audience of when you get in there and you see the reality of things rather than this superficial thing, this narrative that media managers and, and clubs, that they... And they're so concerned about their branding put out there, mm. and it can be highly sanitised no, at yeah. times, Andy. No, you bounce back. Ben's in Walland. Ben, uh, have you got a recommendation for Sal while he's over here for the opening weekend? Certainly have, boys. Uh, yep. You can't go to the MCG without going to have a beer at the fine establishment across the road, the Royal Hotel. Well, That's a must. Mm. <laughs> well, yes. You're not uh, happy with the Royal? Oh uh, well, yeah, it's got a certain appeal, I suppose, for some. I'm not. Where is it, Andy? It's on Punt Road, mate. On Punt. Oh, that when one. You drive the out of the there. Richmond Footy Club, out of the Punt Road, that road with it. Ah, uh, yeah, it's on right the corner. There. There. Yeah, there's. Um, it'd be good if it'd be a nice place to work today. She's pretty warm, so you'd like to not have, you know. You know, there's something have... going on. I don't know what goes on. I have never well, been in there. I've driven past it a lot of the times. 
And on, on a footy day, you're right. Yeah, it's a bit cold in wintertime to be doing what the girls in there are doing. But in summertime... Oh, hang on. You know, in summertime, on t- a day like today, you might be quite okay. welcome. Okay. To... Well, no, we, I'm not Johnny, sure. Johnny wants to talk about the cricket before we get to the break. Good afternoon to you, Johnny. How are you? Good, Good thanks, Johnny. To, uh, just wanted to say that a bloke from WA early was right on the money. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to put uh, Alex Carey on notice. Two reverse sweeps in a test match. Uh, not good enough. Well, going on notice. Yeah, I, I can understand. We've had, a, we've talked about Alex Carey a bit since the end of the first test. I can understand why people are saying it, and I think he needs to be encouraged to just pick the moment to use the reverse sweep, maybe a bit more judiciously. But mm. he, there was a little rear guard in our first innings, Johnny, where Alex Carey took the attack to the Indians when there were wickets falling around all over the place, and it was largely off the back of his inventive stroke play. So I, I, I think your point is well made. And somewhere in there, there's, I think Alex Carey just mm. needs to, you know. But then you see what the English did in the first innings against New Zealand. Different deck. Different deck, different mm. conditions. But it's a, it's a headspace that they live in, Keith. Mm. It's the headspace they live and in. And it seems like that's going to be their style of play. The, the, they, they declared... Before the end of the 59th over. Now, admittedly, they were they were nine far, but they were going at over six. They're going at only six and a half and over. Mm. Yeah, Baz Ball is alive and well. Now, now, I'm not saying this. I'm not suggesting the Australians come out and just try and pulverise mm-hmm. the Indian attack. Different condition, as you're always saying. But I think somewhere in there, we need to fall back on our. Andy, let's take the fight to the opposition rather than just. Poke and prod, and uh, they're going to get. They're going to fall over playing that way. Does it get back to a team's identity? Now, clearly, Brendan so McCullum, you're back in town. Brendan McCullum's come in and in said, "Good form again." Okay, while I'm at the helm, yes. this is the way in which our the theme of the way we're going to go about it is this aggressive, offensive, positive type approach. And yes, you've got to vary it slightly with the conditions. Keep but going. at the end of the day, this is the way we are going to play. And you have a clear mindset as a batter. You're not going out there second guessing yourself. No, sir. You, you, this is the way we're going to play. Yes. I'm being picked because this is the assets that I bring to play under that system. Speak it. And it gives you a, a clarity that hopefully will lead to a better performance. Hallelujah, brother. Hallelujah. 20 minutes past one. Uh, you call, you get on. We'll let Gazy finish his sandwich. Uh, more of your calls on the other side of the break. one 367 You call, you get on. King Island Golf Talkback Line. Play King Island's Pure Links Golf Courses. They are absolutely spur- out of this world. In fact, loads on the agenda. What are you? What's been pushing your buttons uh, well, today? I tell you what, we've been talking a bit about uh, the Formula One and the drive to survive. Well, yes. this was a... Did you see this an, uh, announcement? Uh, I think it was a couple of days ago, but they've announced a new all-female racing class, which is going to be launched uh, this year. And it's, it got I didn't pretty, know. I haven't heard that. Yes, it's a, a Formula One uh, academy. Well, and the thing about it is, is that I've always thought, well, why is it not possible for a female uh, driver to be a world well, champion? Well, it's not impossible. Donny Kirkpatrick in the uh, in over in America. Well, Formula One, I'm talking. Oh, I understand, but if you category, can, but if you can drive a car, mate. Yeah, I don't think she ever was the number one. No, I don't, I don't but, think she ever. But she ascended to the that's right possible level. Well, and uh, I think it's it's just when you're trying to grow any sport, 
and you can include 50% of the population, you have a better chance for growth. What is the, and, what would, are there any reasons at all, clearly in contact sports and yes. sports where there is, you know, bully, there are, there are going to be some advantage mm-hmm. that men have over women. So mm-hmm. that is why in some sports, mm-hmm. they will never be able to compete against one another on the same field, obviously. Mm-hmm. But why couldn't this happen in motorsport? Well, I don't know. That's my question. And I don't know. There has been one, I think when I was reading it about this story, there has been one female driver that's competed in a Formula One drive. But, but in an this actual is, race? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, but the, it's a, it's, the, this is going to be a new category that fit under the Formula One, F2 and F3. And it, and uh, it's hard. It, it's done purely with the hope that it's going to launch uh, the t- female talent. Here's the other thing, Andy. Yes, please. Well, do you think if you've got a all-female uh, race that would be any less meaningful to fans watching because fem- you don't even see them. Mate, You're watching cars go no, around. If you, you're barring for the uh, for the what do you call it? The, Manufacturer. Yes, but the the the, the thing the the colour of team. the car. Yeah, that's right. The team. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> What's the thing on the side? The, Oh, it doesn't matter. It's not the sponsor. Think, I can't remember the name of the thing. No, it's the, the it's the, the manufacturing company. Correct, of course. Yeah. Yes, yes. And then they have these teams, yeah, the stickers and stuff. You know what I call those things? Yeah. There's been five female uh, drivers in F1 already. There you go. Maria Teresa De Filippi mm-hmm. back in fifty eight, fifty nine. Lala Lombardi, Davina mm-hmm. Galica, Desiree Wilson, and Giovanni Amati mm-hmm. have all had a crack. Well, there, there'll be... one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Is there any reason at all why a... And B, don't be silly about this, but is there any reason at all why a woman couldn't compete I against the men in F1? Mm. I couldn't think of a reason. Now, I don't know the physical nature of it, and if there are some just innate uh, advantages, genetic advantages that males have over females. Well, okay, I, w- w- I get that. Well, Melinda's a much better driver than you. There's well, no question about that. She's more aggressive. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Right. Much more aggressive. Um, so, I don't, know, I don't know. But more importantly, if this is going to work and it's going to uh, grow, oh, will will you watch? If okay, you know. excellent question. Will you watch it if it's an all-female driver? So we know how passionate the Ferrari fans are, right? Yes. As, a, as passionate a supporter group of a team mm-hmm. as exists on planet Earth in any sport. Yes. Those who follow uh, the Prancing Dragon or whatever mm-hmm. it is, the Prancing Horse. Yes. Well, prancing Horse, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, if, it's an, if it's an all-female F1 race, mm-hmm. are you going to be as passionate about the red car being driven by a woman, as you would be if it's being driven by a man. And why Why wouldn't you be? I don't know. You don't even know. You can't I see the drivers. In good form. You just see the cars. And and let's just say, uh, for whatever, I don't think this is the case, but let's just say there is a difference because of there is a genetic difference that Well, please explain has. to me what it might be. I don't know. No. But th- just take a hypothetical. All right. And there is. When you're actually going to an event or you're watching it on television. <laughs> yep. It's not like other sports where you can see those differences. You can just see a car. Now, this this <laughs> car goes around two seconds slower than the other one because of the, this gen, 
Surely that is not that it can't be the case. I, I wouldn't have thought. Are you so. saying their reflexes are slower? Well, I don't know. Can they not push the accelerator down as far? Well, my my well, take what is, is I don't understand it's what purely it is. Purely opportunity that is denied them from getting there. That's that to me. And this is the thing about this new league, this new uh, format, is that it's going to be exclusive to women. And women, then, if you're demonstrating the times, the competitive instincts, the war, all those other characteristics that I have no idea about, <laughs> but if you provide them, then just with the sheer numbers, you're going to have more female drivers then putting their hand up to be available well, to compete at well, the highest level. I would put to you, now, so, so sports where there are mm. uh, physical differences that, that limit the female against the male, yes. right? That's a sport like the one that you played. Mm-hmm. I would say the competitive instincts and all of those things, yep. which know no gender, there is no gender divide. I wouldn't have thought I so. I would suggest to you that someone like Michelle Timms mm. was as committed and competitive a basketballer as 99% of the males that you played with and against. 100%. So it, uh, it, in that respect, mm. there is what lives inside the body mm-hmm. and inside the mind and the heart there is no difference. But, Andy, here's the thing. So what is the physical? I want to know what the physical limitation of a woman well, driving an F1 car is compared to a man. I don't know whether there's reef. I have no idea. My personal guess is no, there wouldn't be. But I, I don't know. Uh, but, Andy, what about the fact that the viewer, unlike these other sports, you can't tell the difference. Correct. So does that mean you're going to be less interested because they're female drivers? Well, I'm interested to know what people have got to say about this. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We've got to get to the break. There is potentially some very big news that Pete Lawler is breaking out of Delhi. We will tell you what that is on the other side of this. So Jared's going to join us uh, between now and uh, 2.25 to mm-hmm. give us uh, his observations of what he's one of the most keenly anticipated days of cricket Mm. that we have had for a long time as an Australian test-loving nation. But Pete Lawler uh, has sent out a tweet, I believe. Stand by. There is a big chance that Kuhneman will make his test debut here today. Looked like he was ready to play this morning. So Pete Lawler, uh, part of our team, of course, uh, the Australian's chief cricket writer, suggesting that to his eye, Matt Kuhneman is going to be making his test debut now. That raises all sorts of potential questions here. Who's he in for? Surely he's not coming in for Murphy. So That's are not happening. Are we going to play three spinners, three front line spinners? Well, so if he's Mur- coming in, then well, you would think yes, because you don't think that lines. Who? Yes, would be the answer to that question. So, so that means unless you drop a Murphy. So, so the big question marks are Stark and Green. Are they going to be fit to play? Now, mm. I suspect that they. The answer to those questions is likely to be no. Mm-hmm. But, but if you're going to bring Kuhneman in, someone still has to go out. And you can't bring another spinner in. You can't bring another bowler in. So maybe Kuhneman comes in for bowling. Maybe it's as simple as that. Yeah, there you go. Who's oh, head well. come in for then? Well, that's if he gets picked. Well, he's going to get picked. Well, Renshaw. But then that means Dave Warner holds his spot. Well, that, well that's the other one. Why, why, why wouldn't you just bring – could you bring your head in for Dave Warner? So I wouldn't open with head. No, but uh, I wouldn't open with head. I'd be opening with if, if you if you've right. got it. If you're going to drop Dave Warner, you put Renshaw to the top of the order. Head comes in and bats where he normally bats. This whole notion of let head find his feet uh, against the quicks—it's mm. absolute rot. Mm. As soon as they see Travis Head batting, no matter where he's batting, in comes Ravinder Ashwin. He goes straight. He bowls straight away and. 
Uh, he's under the same. He's going to be under the same pressure against the spin bowling, uh, no matter where he bats in the order. So uh, that's just the battle he's going to have to face. It's fascinating. It mm. really is. Johnny's in Port Augusta. He wants to have a chat about Dave Warner. G'day, mate. Hello, Andrew and Andrew. Johnny, hey, uh, just on Dave Warner. It is bloody hard to get out of that. Hard to get out of that Australian side to get in. And I mean, uh, I'm not as anti Dave Warner as a lot of other people because he made a big mistake and all the rest of it. We know that. He made a big, big mistake years ago in South Africa. We've all made mistakes. Oh, Lord knows I've made my fair share. Yep. But um, just on it, um, he... Um, he uh, are you sticking with him, Johnny? Johnny, game. are you sticking with him in the, for the second test? We, we've no, got to get I'd, to break I'd drop his... I'd, yep. I'd, I'd drop him because, because he doesn't do well in England. He doesn't do well overseas, so... Right, right. Well, let's just wait. So apparently, we have to get to a break, Johnny, because Jared is going to join us straight after the break, and he has got some team news regarding, I presume, the Australians going to the second test. So we'll clear some commitments and come back uh, with the captain of the commentary team and some big news regarding the Australian test side. Haven't looked forward to a day's cricket as much as I'm looking forward to uh, the first day's playing Delhi for quite some time. And the intrigue around the Australian eleven is absolutely off the charts at the moment. Information flying left, right and centre. Rumours about blokes in, blokes out all over the place. Jerry Waitley okay. is going to be leading the team. I think we've got him there. Hey, G, uh, welcome. Yes. Andy, I'm the same as you. Uh, I feel so lucky to be here, but the sense of anticipation just around the unveiling of the 11, mm. let alone the cricket that's going to be played, I've never quite known speculation like it and the fact that Australia made an odd choice uh, going into the first test leaves every theory on the table so here's here's what I can tell you Peter Hanscom is playing he's out in the middle pads on and uh, he's been through warm-ups Travis Head is he has his pads on and he's visually playing so Travis Head I expect to be recalled on what's happening in front of me right now right okay um I had been sent information that read green in for Renshaw, Boland out for Kuhneman. But I don't know where that fits with the head piece of information. Mm. So uh, Hanscom and Head are definitely playing as I look down on the ground. And there's a very strong feeling amongst the, our core that Kuhneman's in. And then how do you get all of that to fit mm. into and, 11? Hang mm. on, let me just have a look And here. And green, did you say anything about green in the... No, no, I don't. Uh, so uh, the piece of information I'd been sent early, early was that, uh, I'll read it again, Green in for Renshaw and yep. Boland out for Kuhneman. Um, but head returning. So you, you write, it, write it down on a piece oh, of yeah, paper. Head and Hanscom <laughs> in the middle order. Yes. Uh, if Green plays, does that make for two spinners or three? So anyway, as I say, I, I have never known a scenario leading into a test match in my time covering cricket where there has been so much speculation and mystery Is there any the makeup of the 11. Have you got any line of sight on Dave Warner? Uh, he was fully endorsed by Pat Cummins okay, yesterday. So he's playing. Uh, so, unequivocally. Right. So, 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 so he's, he's not playing yep. in something, and, and keep in mind, Pat's not a selector. But something dramatic must have happened last night if if head happened to be opening. Hey, Jared, regardless of what, and there's that many different permutations that oh, you, does your head in going around in circles here? But um, you've seen it, you've seen the conditions. Uh, if you were the number one man selecting it, what what's 
what would you decide? <laughs> well, I would like, mm. so I don't have the fitness information, right? But I would like Cummins and Green mm-hmm. to be opening the bowling with the three spinners. Right. Murphy, Kuhneman and Lyon. That would be what I would like. Mm. And I was, I, from the moment they dropped Ted, that was a mistake. He had to be recalled and he has been recalled. So I utterly endorse that. Mm. We, Hanscom looked the most, he looked as good as anyone with a plan against spin. So I understand how he's retained. But what I've just given you is a makeup of 12 into 11, and that is the source of the, the mystery right now. So Pete Lawler, he, he, this is all live, and, and this is unfolding as we're having this conversation. Yes, it's amazing. Pete Lawler has tweeted out about 60 seconds ago that Lyon and Murphy have painted their marks, will play, no sign of Kuhneman. Yeah, so I suspect that's where we're back to. So Kuhneman, that, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, well, look, look. This is I've never known a scenario like it. it. Is Ben Horns just put up left arm spinner Matthew Kuhneman looking increasingly likely for a stunning test of boo? I suspect that information this is probably from about fifteen minutes ago. So yeah, if if I if you ran through the logic of what's probably happening, so you've got Warner, Kawaja, Labashain, and Smith are both out there. I can see them now. Head is padded up and ready to go on Hanscom. So that would be your six batters. Carey at seven, and then you would have a mixture of Cummins. Lion. Stark, we don't know. Yep. Lion, Kuhneman. And Murphy. And Murphy. It's a long tail again, Jared. The tail looked, it hung out there in that first test when the top order failed. The tail looked long and it's got that feeling about it again a bit. Yeah, and this is where... This is where Green has become such mm. an interesting cricketer. He's the linchpin player in the lineup already. Um, and that was, you know, England's team only ever makes sense when Ben Stokes was there. That was the period they went through before uh, adopting the mantra of baseball. So he has become that player. He, I can't see him anywhere out there, uh, Green. So... I just looking can't at wait. doing the head count right now. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I can't see Green anywhere. So that I wonder they would they be bold enough to go Cummins and three spinners? Probably not. I think you're a two two split at that stage. Mm. Head gives you the nice variety. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's. Uh, um, oh, it's, it adds to the utterly thrilling nature nature of all of this. As does the environment. It is. It's the smoggiest. It's as smoggy as it could get here. Um, Visibility isn't that great, and the the health conditions mixed in with that. We know this is the the most heavily polluted city in the world, and it does have days where the wind doesn't blow, where it all closes in. And uh, yeah, light light dawn, but the sun didn't come out today. So mm. now Pete Lawler, three minutes after his oh, previous awesome. tweet, yeah. I'm telling you, this place he's got a photo of Matt Kuhneman uh, with his photo getting taken. Uh, seemingly behind a construction site somewhere. It is the most inelegant place to be getting your photo taken uh, if you are about to make your test debut. Uh, yeah. But he is getting a photo taken in the whites. Uh, he is uh, he's declaring this bloke, Kuhneman, is playing, says Pete Lawler. Yep. So, so, so there you Kuhneman go. You're, in, yep. head in. Yeah, for Boland. Hands come in. Yep. And then make your pick on, on where how else they fit. So, who go, so Boland will go out. Yeah, so that, that yes, and Renshaw will make yep. way for Kuhneman yep. and Renshaw makes way for head. head. So okay. that would be one quick and three spinners, which would mean Lyon would open the bowling with with Cummins in that setup. Uh, how much pressure? Is, does this feel like a 
edge of the cliff pivotal moment for Dave Warner? That's it. We were discussing that at breakfast yesterday. That's an interesting question, given the absolute intention. Are we still with you? Yeah, yeah, yes. got you, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It was, when, when it beeps uh, down the hook right. here, it's very unnerving. <laughs> Maybe just that. stop just for just till I finish this cross. <laughs> just let's stop work on all of those chords. Um, I don't know. The, the simple answer is I don't know. They've invested so heavily in him, and the intention is to take him through definitely to the World Test Championship and beyond. So could you drop him for the third test and then still bring him back? Is There's nothing playing out that, that wasn't well known beforehand. He, he's never performed particularly well on these shores, uh, and nor has he in England. So we spoke all summer around the idea that maybe the 200 was a valedictory and up on shoulders, chaired off in Sydney, but that's not the path that anybody uh, wanted to take, including Warner himself, and now they're in a, a difficult scenario. So they're, they're all in with him, uh, I suppose, until they're not. Um, uh, and when that moment comes, that I think that's now impossible to forecast. Arizona v. Delhi, Jared. You, you've seen, uh, I, I, yes. I, I, I've been to the subcontinent a couple of times and love everything about it, but I imagine the facilities available to you are, are quite different. Yeah, it was, we have a lovely setup. We're up the back of the press box and. Uh, and in an enclosed space, although I suspect when the stumps get rattled, we're going to annoy the hell out of the riders down in front of us, but that's okay. <laughs> um, it is, I find it utterly charming and completely bamboozling life over here. I, did, I came through New York, and I was there for about nine hours, and the streets of New York weren't a bad warm-up for the streets of Delhi. Mm. There's a question, it strikes me, I watched the traffic go by in Delhi. My wife could drive here, but I can barely cross the road is into two lanes, how many cars can go? And the answer is not two. And then the answer is actually greater than three. Uh, And then it's sort of figure it out from there. But they all, it it feels chaotic, but they actually all know what they're doing. And as long as no one does anything unpredictable, they, they find their way through. Now, the one rider to that is every Uber is dented and scratched within an inch of its life. Yeah. So there's a, a lot that goes on is that, that they, they rub, what, what do they call it? They rub bumpers or they rub panels or, yeah. So there's a bit of that. They it's find a way. Feel they, yeah, they magically find a way yeah. and it's, uh, it's quite something. So, yeah, I'm, I couldn't be more thrilled to be here for this test match in particular. And I, we had been sort of, it had been hinted that it might have been a sellout, which is 42,000. I, I don't quite know how that'll pan out today. But, um, yeah, there is... Like, consequence sits as heavily as the smog on this day's cricket. And Australia is going to be judged and judged heavily, first on strategy and then on performance. Um, and, the, you know, the fact that for a week we have all debated the makeup of this team is there are going to be those who like what happens and those who don't, and ultimately it will be judged on, on how they perform, but they have to make a stand right now. Yeah, here we're about half an hour from handing it over to you. We can't wait. The, the interest levels are high, extremely so, and uh, we look forward to your call, mate. Uh, well done, good calling, and uh, we'll mm. hear your dulcet tones yes. uh, at 2.25 local time. I'll just leave you with this. Tony Dottomate's got a bat in his hand. (laughs) Anybody can play, Andy. Anybody can play. I can't wait for the toss. (laughs) Neither can we. Gerard Whateley, part of the 1116 SEN commentary team, right around Australia uh, on all of the SEN platforms. You'll be able to tune in and have a listen. Uh, We can't wait. There is still all sorts of mystery surrounding this Australian 11. In half an hour's time, we'll know exactly what it looks like.
over to you, Keith. Well, here you we go. Are demand. It's on again. Uh, thanks to our very, very kind partners in Lumo Energy. It's the Lumo Energy Quiz. Energy deals with no spin. Switch to Lumo. Lumo Energy. Well bold, Lumo. Well bold. Energy deals that won't make your head spin. Switch to Lumo. And up for grabs today. Yes, sir. Is a two hundred dollar ballpark voucher thanks to Lumo Energy and the ballpark. Go on the uh, SEM website and you'll you'll see the ballpark link and all the great events that they do. Yes, and you got a two hundred buck voucher. That's so amazing. You, you, you might be off you go to some of these magnificent events. Uh, Harry or experiences. Styles. Harry Styles. I tickets. don't know with Harry's there. We went through this uh, yesterday, but Ooh. today it's just a um, it's a little uh, shorter version. If you've got to answer the the fifth question correctly and you're taking home the uh, ball 200 so, buck ballpark voucher so just as the call has come in here oh, uh, coming in going back to how we started the show mm. even priest who is uh, he is at riviera and he's a sport he's a golf journalist mm-hmm. uh has put out a tweet yep. you, you may be interested for yep. those who've been listening okay. tsl from the start of the show mm. Tiger Woods outdrove Rory McIlroy several times at Riviera today. Mm. Not bad for an injured 47-year-old. No. On the 9th, on the 11th, on the 15th, and on the 18th. Mm. Anything you'd like hey, to guys. say, Keith? I'm saying he, he's hitting it a long way. Thank you very much. Mm. You got it, guys. All right, so, thank you. Thank you, Tiger. Thank you very much, and well played today. Well done, Tiger Woo. No, that was better. That was the actual Tiger when he was talking to I know, but... Yeah. But still... Remember when Tiger Woo. Watson, how Tiger unbearable Woo. Watson and Lyon were when they got that chat? Mm-hmm. Unbearable. Yeah. Had nothing to do with him. He just happened to be available. Magnificent why can't Watson. we get him? We, we should get him to tomorrow after his round. We, we can't. Well, 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 you'd come Saturday. in, though. I'm not coming You in. would come in. I'm not coming in. If they that. said Tiger Wu was not on the line, no, oh, you're coming. coming in, mate. On a Saturday afternoon. To speak to Tiger? Thousand to one. To speak to Tiger. Not uh, I'm not interested, to be honest. I would be interested. Not I'd a, come in. I'd make a special trip in. No, you wouldn't. I would so. If it was Tiger. Hey, uh, let's get back to the quiz. Uh, uh, Michael's in Caulfield. Good afternoon, Michael. G'day. It's all about the cricket because this is the uh, it's the Lumo Energy quiz and it's all about the cricket because I believe they're one of the partners for the uh, cricket. Uh, Michael, you've got to answer the fifth question correctly to take home the $200 ballpark voucher. Good luck. All right. Okay, we're ready, mate. We're just waiting for the question. Well, I thought he'd say thanks, Gazy. No, he didn't know. He's just waiting for the question, okay. mate. Hey, Mick, who has taken the most test wickets for India? I assume that's all time. <laughs> if it's not, it's a comeback. But anyway, Mick? Um, and I'm Yes, good start. Today's test mm. is at. Uh, uh, <laughs> Today's test is at Arun Jaitley Stadium. Well done. Australia have played there seven times. How many have they won? How many times Um, have they won at Arun Jaitley Stadium? One. Bang. Mickey. Mick, you're on fire. Mick, Mick. I might need to up the tempo here because there, is there a hint of Google here? No? Ooh, well, you're the boss. It's your quiz. No, you're the one that usually no, makes no, that No, no, no. Oh, you've told me in no one's certain no, well terms done, to Mike. back off. I've got, I, I've got no reason to doubt you. Uh-huh. Question three. Oh, I think you have. The Mancad manner of dismissing someone is named after which <laughs> former cricketer? <laughs> <laughs> Say his name. 
Oh, that's, but I need the first name. Oh, do you? Yeah. Why? Because well, that's the quiz. You, you need to... his first name, do you? I good, need. Good luck with that. Oh, we need a while. Well, he's good. Michael? Yeah, sorry, I didn't need a question. Oh, sorry. The Mancad Manor, you know, the way in, the Mancad, how you get dismissed, it's named after someone. Mm-hmm. It's named after which former cricketer? <laughs> no idea. Ah, sorry to hear that. Good effort, though, Michael. Uh, let's go to Tim in Brighton. Andy's just crossed the arms. He's not happy. I didn't write the questions, Andy. Uh, Tim, good afternoon. Thank you, Gozy. Hey, Tim, the man cad. Uh, which former cricket is it named after? Is it Manu? Uh, no. I'd say that again. It was close. I just think the first letter was incorrect. Tim, just go one more time. Manu? No. Close. No, he's on uh, the chef show. He is. Yeah. Uh, Matt is in WA. Hey, Matty boy. Uh, KD, uh, the Vanu. Yes, there's the one. The new man cat. The new what? Man cat. What if, what, if, what, if, what if Matt had just said man cat? Well, we knew that in the name. That was well, part what if of the he had question. just said man cat? Would he have been wrong? He would, I would have said more information okay, required. Right. Okay. Again, just because just I've got a highly popular segment, you're trying to interject yourself and really bring it down. And we don't like that. Matt doesn't like it, and I don't like it. Matt. Which Indian player plays his 100th test today? Oh, that's a that's a good question. It is. Uh, it is. He's the vice. He's the vice captain there. Uh, what's his name? Mm. Uh, mm. You might have to. Uh, maybe he's the captain. No, it's Rohit Sharma. No, no, it's not. Good work though, mate. Craig is in uh, South Geelong. Craig. Yeah, good, mate. Thank yeah, you. Good, Thanks for thanks. including me in that. Hey, Craig, which Indian player plays his 100th test today, please? Uh, Pajara. Well done. Thank you. Well done. Question five, and this is for the $500 voucher, so really... $500? Oh, sorry, $200 voucher. Oh, she whiz. Sorry. Sorry, Frog. It's a... You've won a 200 ballpark... You haven't won it yet, but that's what's up for grad. $200 ballpark voucher. It's clear... Apologies, I made an error with the 500. It's not 500, it's $200. Here we go. How many times were were the Australians dismissed LBW in the first test? How many times? It's a high number. I think it was five in the second innings. I'll go eight. No, that's incorrect, Craig. But I like your train of thought. Jamie's in Faulkner. James? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, flying along. Do you know how many times we were dismissed for uh, LBW? Uh, ooh, nine. Hmm, James. I'm going to go to James. That was Jamie. I'm going to James. Chin up, Jamie. James, <laughs> how many times were Australians? And James, you're in Burwood. Lovely he part. Know, he probably knows that. Oh, yeah. How many times were the Australians dismissed LBW in the first test? James? Ten. Ah, oh, James. You've made Burwood proud because you've, you've got the answer correctly, first and foremost, but you've picked up a uh, $200 ballpark voucher thanks to Lumo Energy. Lumo Energy, well bold, Lumo, well bold. Energy deals that won't make your head spin. Switch to Lumo. Got it! 
Apologies to all the other callers who were itching How to get uh, who were itching to get on board. Did they they get around me, Andy. They love you, mate. They absolutely this love quiz you. Quiz has just gone butter. Oh, they love you. They love you like a brother uh, or a crazy old uncle, mm. one or the other. Or they want the two hundred dollar ballpark voucher. Not the five hundred. No, not five hundred. Not the five hundred. No, it's not. As long as you're aware of that fact. Mm. Uh, we're going to get to a break. Uh, we're going to take a break early here because we've got our. Um, we're going to get to a, an early uh, handover to the team in Delhi. Twenty-five after. Thank you, and we've got to do our day. Well, you and I, no matter mm. what slot we're doing, and Benny's going to well, jump in today. The producer of the show has to do it as well. Now Rod is filthy that it's not here, but he has to push the button, so that's why Rod's not doing it. The producer of the show, generally speaking, it's Julio. He not here today. It's Benny Lyon. so he's going to do the producer's prediction going into the two thousand and twenty-three season. Does have a microphone that he could uh, give us a prediction if we need to? Oh, but- did he just tell you that, did he? He did. Right. He did. Now, he gets his airtime on SEN track mm. at about 11 o'clock at night with uh, mm. with Jules, uh, who's with someone. Who does he speak to? Uh, someone. One of the team. Damo Watson. He and Damo gets uh, do a high-quality one hour of work together once a week it's on a Tuesday the, night. Like. The Tuesday, Tuesday night delight, oh, well, it's of course, called. It's delightful. But the footy predictions. Uh, we're into the month. We're inside a month now before the first game of the AFL season. Our predictions will continue after the break. Well, Ronnie and Benny, before we get to our predictions uh, and confirmation of those changes, by the way, Kuhneman and Head in Renshaw and Boland out. Uh, before we get to our predictions yes. and hand it over to Jared, Adam, mm. and the rest of the team there in Delhi, Ronnie's jumped on the line for some particular Along reason. Along with many others, I might add, but Ronnie's jumped on the line. What are you calling up for, Ronnie? Oh, g'day, boys. Happy Friday. Yeah, um, I, uh, I'm just wanting to confirm that I heard the secret sound in the stinger on the way out to the break. Of Ronnie course boy. you did, Ronnie. Ronnie boy. Congratulations, and uh, thanks for tuning in. And you've, For that uh, effort, you've won a Signet Boost Power Bank valued at $59.95. A Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered. 24 hours a day. Thank you. Nice work, Ronnie, and well done to every... I tell you what, if you hear that secret sound, do not dilly-dally, because there was a full board of calls. Uh, Rod, Rod, Rod's come up with this. It was a pledge that he made at the start of you just to play this sound uh, Mm. every day. We've turned it into something. Mm. There were a couple of days this week where he tried to... He got a little bit annoyed that people were getting it. So he play, he turned the sound down one day, so you could hardly hear it. Ruined it for everyone. And then played the next day, I played it over the opening credits. So Couldn't no one was it. ready for it. Couldn't hear it. He's learned to listen now. He likes getting a full board of calls, and mm. they're all coming in left, right, and center. Huh. Righto, here we go. Benny, in you come, son. Benny mm. Lyon, you're about to hear, I don't know whether you've heard the voice of Ben Lyon in the past, but uh, he is in for Julian to stoop. Now, we mm. are every day in the lead up to the AFL season because we're now inside a month. Benny, put the mic under. Where are you there? Uh, how are you, Shags? You good? Fantastic, Andy. So, Thanks so for having me. It's the producer and the two on ears. We are going to make a prediction. Mm-hmm. They're all going into the time capsule. And at the end of the year, we're going to pull them apart and see who nailed most of the predictions. They can have a boldness rating of 10, which is off the charts bold, like extraordinary mm. boldness in the declaration, or a boldness rating of one, which is pretty line and length. Well, you can't, here's the thing, though, Andy. You can't give the winner, if someone's got a boldness rating of one, they surely can't. No, but it, that's it'll be it'll be the accumulation of all. Of yeah. course, it'll oh, be tr- okay. that's, that's all it is. And then you add that's all what, them up. That's exactly so right. You add all the boldness points. Correct. Up. There'll be a formula at the end of the now year. It's coming that's why we have. You don't have to make outrageously big statements mm. all the time. It's going to be so, hard for you, Benny, to, to pick up the chocolates because you're only going to get a few cracks out. No, no, no. I, I partner up with Julio. Julio of course yeah. you do. That's exactly. Oh, how is this it going works. to Julio's tally? Yes, it's the producer's prediction. 
So, for example, I started yesterday with Toby Green to finish top three in the Brownlow. Right. That, that was my, and that was a high boldness rating. Eight. Top. It was. I think it was in the eights. Today, I'm at the other end of the scale. I'll go first. I'll kick it off today. Mm-hmm. Port Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide. They will play a finals football this year. I'd like to ask about Port Adelaide for starters. They were playing the finals this year. That is... I can't even believe that you would actually warrant that as some type of prediction. It's it's a prediction, but it's it's poor. It's Why really it poor? poor. You haven't thought about it. You, you're not giving the, well, the segment all I, that much credit. I did think about it. Oh, and what, you're so, really wasting your time. But well, anyway. Why am I wasting your time? You're trying to pick up the ones and twos along the way. You need to... You don't, as I said to you, Keith, not everything has to be an outrageous uh, okay. prediction. There's a long time between right. now and their first game. Well, do you want me, Benny, do you want me to go next? Oh, you, oh, this better be good. I'll bring it home. This better be good after okay. that. Well, we spoke about this yesterday. We've had the two captains. Uh, Toby Green was named captain yesterday. James Sicily was named captain today. Uh, I'm predicting that both will not, I repeat, will not get reported this season. Neither one will get reported the entire season. Let's... You know, they're the captains. They're going to pull their head in. It's well, not... Toby's been reported 22 times. I'll give that a three. 22 he's been I'll reported. I'll give that a three. Three? Three boldness Benny? rating. Four. Yeah, it's not outrageous. No, okay. Well, I just want, I want to pick up the ones and twos as well. Well, you had a go at me. And now you just doubled up and doing the same thing. Mm. What about you, well, Benny? What do you got? I'm stronger. going 2023 mm. AFL Rising Star. Jacob Van Ruyen from the Melbourne Footy Club. She was right. that is that is no, that's he's gone hasn't played a game lane. yet. Mm. Oh, seven seven boldness rating. Eight. No, he's not. Is it? No, hang on. What, what was it again? What's Van Ruyen's going to be? What the Rising, rising star. star winner? Going to win the Rising Star? Well, what what pick? What draft number was he at? Oh, he's a late first rounder, early Gee, second. Spruik, yeah, that's pretty bold. The Spruik out. Of, yeah, the Spruik out of bold. Melbourne on this kid. He's either going to be got one. Well, they they reckon they have. Rewalt. Oh, He's going to be in oh, Nick or Jack. Go D's. Nick. This Nick. is extra- Rewalt. Do you realise what you're doing to this kid, you Melbourne supporters? I've spoke to him. He can, he can handle it. Oh, mm. If he's so good, why didn't he get a crack last year? Oh, I knew we just we were, well, why we're was he, well stocked. How many, bags of, how many bags of six did he kick in the VFL last year? Probably four or five. Oh, did he really? No. <laughs> <laughs> so Van Ruin to win the rising right. star. Mm. You've gone with a neither Green nor uh, Sicily to get reported. And I got Port Adelaide to play in the finals. Good, good, solid swath mm. of uh, predictions there. We're it a is. month away and it's going to be fun. Very nice. Uh, so that's it. We are uh, we're done. They're locked in and we're done for the day. Uh, that is just about it. Uh, we've been here for Berwick BMW. Book your summer service today at Berwick BMW and Roto Flex by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. And Foxtel, a footy live in 4K Ultra HD only on Foxtel. Uh, what do you got on this weekend, Keith? Uh, well, I've got uh, some practice games tomorrow. And then, of course, uh, tonight's the big one, though. And Well, a bigger, biggish one. Yeah, Cairns Taipans at home taking on the Sydney Kings. So I've Sydney got, Kings will obliterate them. Commentating that one. And uh, not necessarily. You, you, you would have said the same about... Uh, New Zealand against the Jackies no, last I, night. I beg your pardon. You would have said that they would have won. That is that is so completely and grossly incorrect. They beat them by you twenty should, on apolo- Sunday. Apologise right now, please. Well, I apologise, but that wouldn't have been a. That's not a bold. Wouldn't have been a bold statement. I've been on the Jackies since day one, and I am not getting off now. <laughs> they will be playing no, in the NBL playoffs. I love everything about them. Finals. That's it. We're done. The cricket. Hey, see you next week.